0: Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, it is me coming at you today with episode, oh my gosh, what is it? 158, Remember to Breathe with Melissa Wallach. Okay, first of all, just hearing the word breathe, what did it make you do? (laughs) I know for me, every time she said breathe while we were uh, having our awesome conversation, I literally like stood up straighter, took a deep breath, And for whatever reason, I have to like hold my thumb and fingers together. I don't know. It's like all of a sudden I transform into some yogic, you know, cosmic force out there breathing. Um, You're going to breathe a lot today. Super cool. I bet you can't wait to hear about habits, habit change, mindset, all the cool stuff But before we do I have some other fun things for you So it is the love time of year We just finished Valentine's Day Which is this like commercially imposed holiday But I love it It's funny I um I asked like a checkout clerk What are you doing for Valentine's Day? Because you know I talk to everybody I see And she was like I'm going to an anti-Valentine's party <laughs> I just loved it I died because basically... She's buying into Valentine's Day by going to the anti-Valentine's party, probably hoping to find love. Um, So this year, I really am focused on self-love, self-love. It's the core of all love. If we can't love ourselves, we can't really truly love anyone else. So uh, one thing that's going on in my world is this Women Who Move group on Facebook. We are doing cool things in February. We are writing ourselves love letters, like the cheesiest thing you could ever imagine. And that's why it's on a private group on Facebook. You uh, you do need to apply to the group and then one of the magical admins will let you in and uh, participate It's a cool place. You know, one thing that we talk about today is this, um, I actually asked Melissa straight out, what the hell is mindfulness? I don't even, I, I like the idea of it, but I don't know what it is. And she says, her definition of mindfulness is being present moment to moment without judgment or criticism. That goes for ourselves first and for others as well. So if you sign up for that uh, Women Who Move group, it's obviously free. It's on Facebook. Just go there without judgment or criticism and just be and revel in all things cheesy. Okay, so this love time of year is especially relevant to me right now because my birthday is on Monday, February 17th. I share Michael Jordan and Paris Hilton's birthdays and probably many others if you're also a fellow fellow... uh Cusp Aquarium. Speak out. Let me know. So I'm really mad at myself because I was driving up to the mountains yesterday, spending this long weekend in the mountains for my birthday, and I realized that I had not ordered myself my Kim and Jake's birthday cake. Kim, I wish I did. There's no way to get it now. You're closed, and you're closed on President's Day and on Mondays. I can't get my Kim and Jake's. I'm going to have to figure out an alternative. And then I think I'm going to extend my birthday for like an entire week and order my Kim and Jake's almond poppy seed with almond frosting cake because I love it so much. Kim and Jake's is a local gluten-free bakery. They also do vegan gluten-free cakes. And like you're probably sitting here rolling your eyes like that must be sawdust or disgusting and it's not. They are the most amazing cakes in the world. Anyone who's tried one will agree, better than the alternative real cake. (laughs) So um, definitely check out Kim and Jake. They're one of my first ever interviews, actually. I love them. I love what they're doing. I support all things women, all things entrepreneur, all things good in the world. So Kim, if you're listening, I got to get me some Kim and Jake's when I get back. Um, Another thing cool going on in this month of love is that Skirt Sports has not had a sale for, believe it or not, a month and a half. Um, You know, sales are part of the business cycle. You got to do them. It's important. You got to flush out old inventory to bring in the new. We've got an awesome sale going on right now. Over 20 styles at $25 each. Like, If you somehow missed all the crazy sales we did over the holidays, like get in on the action now. Go to skirtsports.com. You're gonna wanna look for the Valentine's sale. We're kind of calling it the Galentine sale because it's about supporting yourself and your buddies. So if you or one of your friends missed out on our sales, get over there and shop. Sign up for our emails if you don't already get them you don't have to open all of them. Just you know, open the ones that speak to you. But um, we, you're gonna get a special code on my birthday Monday. That's only good on Monday the 17th to get even more deals on the last day of the sale. So definitely check that out. All right, you guys. Over to today's guest, Melissa Wallach. I met Melissa when she popped into the store like a month ago, and. There was something about her, her energy, just so positive. She was like this bright light, sort of sauntering around the store, picking up piles of awesome (laughs) skirt things. Um, She happened to come in. She literally came back like three more times. She was like our most frequent shopper in our final month. Um, For anyone who isn't aware, we did close our skirt sports store in Boulder, just uh, moving on to other business functions we can focus on. So I was really lucky that... Melissa stumbled across my path. So in the meantime of discovering the store in Skirt Sports, she also applied to be an ambassador. And then I checked her out more because it's what I do. I like stalk people online when I'm like, what's going on with that person? I like her. Um, And it turns out she is this thing called a transformational and mindset life coach. And I was like, what the heck is that? I don't know. It sounds really interesting and kind of out there. And so I dug deeper and I realized that she's put on this planet to help other people. That is what she does. And she does it through her own experiences and her passion for this kind of, of work that really helps people change their habits or create new habits so that they can live incredible, full, rich lives. So Today we have an awesome and long winding conversation about all things habit. Um, We transcend that word, we get deeper, we breathe a lot. Okay, everybody breathe, hold on. I like to do the yoga breath, full mouth open on the way out. Um, And did you also like me, hold your finger while you did it? I don't know, it's a thing, must be a thing. We're gonna start it as a thing. Um, I think, you know, you're going to love this conversation at the end of the day, her final nugget. You are valuable. Be kind to yourself, invest in yourself. You are worth it. That is a message that I want you to hold close. You're going to feel the build up to it. And, um, for more Melissa Wallach, you're going to check out her website MelissaWallock.com. there'll be all kinds of cool stuff in the show notes here now i'm gonna stop talking it's time to just get rolling ready let's bring melissa on the show you've never podcasted in person no it's
1: all been virtually i've been oh on God. five or six but they were all in different places
0: is this like unnerving
1: um it's <laughs> sort of
0: Well, wait. but then I'm like
1: oh don't screw it up (laughs) (laughs) totally usually when I'm doing them from home I also my desk chair is a bouncy ball so it's hilarious because I consciously you know have to stay still so then I'm not bouncing
0: up and down Totally. I mean, we were just talking about our sound and making sure that we're like, you know, we're not moving all over the room. I mean, the other thing when you do podcasts in person, you actually have to like wear clothes and like, <laughs> yes. you can't just be like, I'm just out of the shower in my towel, <laughs> <You know? laughs> which I have not done, but I do.
1: It is nice. I am in comfy pants and it is completely acceptable <laughs> right now because... They're your comfy
0: pants. Oh, my God. There's yeah, sport comfy <gasps> pants. You are in comfy pants. I am. These they're are kind amazing. Of like, they're like fancy pants comfy pants. They are. They're amazing. Okay, so you're <laughs> actually wearing... We're going to get some outtakes here, so you're going to see this when we promote it. Okay. Um, you're wearing product that's in the future. I am. It's coming out in like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so lucky. <laughs> we have this like amazing new collection, so I'm going to just give you a little background on it, which I actually... Probably won't talk about in skirt sports marketing, but I think it's kind of fun to talk about on the podcast. So, we have been around for 15 years, right? And when I started the company, I was 32 years old. And I thought that like 22 year old women would want to wear the clothing, but it turns out 42 year old women wanted to wear the clothing because we all like see ourselves as 10 years younger than we are, right? Totally. So, as the company has gone on 15 years, I have gotten older. And what's happened because I'm a big part of our brand is that our customer average age has also started to increase, right? So she's not 42, she's like 46 or 46. It hasn't increased completely with 10 years old. Right, exactly. And it's a perfect, a perfect, perfect customer for skirt sports. I mean, we're women who just like thrive in wanting to feel good, right? And we got more confidence at this age and all that stuff. But anyway, we did realize that... It might not hurt us to try to, you know, get the, the, open the funnel for, you know, the late 20s and 32 year olds again. Right. Yes.
1: And these pants yes, are right there.
0: Well, that's what we thought. We kept calling it the millennial collection. I was like, that's not going to work for our marketing if we call it the millennial collection. But I mean, millennials are in their mid-30s now. They're not like 18 like they were when we started the company. But um, so we kind of developed this really cool collection for what we were hoping would be a customer who thought we were like too old for her. But now she's like, oh, those are cool. I like them. But it turns out that our existing 46, 47, 48-year-old customers also love them.
1: Yes, really do. Really do. (laughs) I'm right in that window, and I really do. These are great. (laughs) Well,
0: so instead of calling it the Millennial Collection, what do you think about just like the Body Love Collection?
1: (laughs) Well, with Valentine's Day coming up as well, it seems really appropriate. But yes, I mean, they are so comfortable but then I love the seaming and the detail in these leggings so that's what the comfy pants are since people can't see me right this second oh my gosh yes and the colors
0: well yeah. yes oh my gosh you're in our like fig cu- anyway they are yes. incredible yeah. you're she's melissa is wearing an incredible outfit from the future <laughs> but you know what her job and the job of the podcast is not to constantly just promote skirt sports new co- collections <laughs> new body love collection um for all women but especially maybe the millennial moms okay so the real yeah the real job and role of this podcast is to bring inspiring people on the show who can help other people change their lives. And if nothing else provide some fun entertainment for roughly an hour while you're out there moving and grooving. And it's really cool. I met you in our store like three weeks ago or something like right before I went to Costa Rica, right? Yes. Okay. So how long have you, you know, been in this world of health fitness and when did you find skirt sports?
1: Oh, wow. So as far as health and fitness, personally, I've always just really loved to move and even used to do road races in middle school and high school with my best friend. You know, I've done 15 Peachtree road races and we just loved hiking and getting outside. And it wasn't necessarily something that my parents loved, but I found friends whose parents did love it. So it started way back then. And then with my work and me caring so much about brain health and mind health and holistic mind-body connection exercise movement and being in nature are just the key elements to support that And so then I had heard about skirt sports and I kept saying, I've got to check this out. Like, that's super cute. I keep seeing these things. And one day someone even mentioned it to me. And then finally I got my rear end in the store. I was like, uh, I just I finally found the best jog bra ever, right? I'm going to be totally honest on here. And My husband's been begging me to get some newer clothes because I am a person who will hold on to things forever. Ooh, that's a good topic today. So I will, you know, whether it's a car, a mattress, a jog bra, it does not matter. If it still works, I will keep it. <laughs> And sometimes, you know, we go through different chapters in our lives and we outgrow things. So, yes, you know, those of us who do live in Boulder believe in repurposing and recycling. And I'm hardcore on that in some ways. <laughs> Use it and till it's gone. Right? Until it just falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? We are worthy of investment and I think that's something that we start to realize mid-30s as a mom once we've showered our child or children with tons of love that you know we deserve to look nice and feel comfortable and have things that really do work best for us we don't have to be duct taping everything
0: that's really true because duct tape is an actual really good solution it to is. various clothing problems and life <laughs> problems. Oh my gosh. I love that. And what's really funny is I like saw you in the store, you know, we were talking in the store, I think before Rica, and you came back like four times or something. Like, <laughs> I totally did. And now you're an ambassador. <laughs> I, like how cool.
1: It really is. But when I started to learn more and more about the company and supporting women and community and connection and movement and getting outdoors. It's like, this is everything I believe in. I mean, I just felt really, um, it just aligned and resonated. And I think when things really do, they fall into place. They
0: do. Oh my gosh. Well, welcome. When we were talking beforehand, you're like, wow, this is this is a real community. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is no
1: joke. It really isn't. I love it. It's positive and supportive, but real. Yeah. And I think that's, mm-hmm. we need more real.
0: We need more real. Okay, well, let's let's talk about this then. Yes. So you you have an amazing job. So on your website, you are called a transformational and mindset coach. Yes. That sounds very real. <laughs> like, <laughs> How does one become that? Like, what happened in your life that led you to this career calling?
1: So, you know, don't we all have all these stories? (laughs) I'll do my best to be concise. Oh, we like
0: the stories. (laughs) Bring them.
1: So I have... I have a bachelor's and a master's in communication science disorders, and really young, I decided I wanted to be a speech-language cognitive therapist because I saw how they were able to help people in the trenches of life after having injuries or even being born with learning differences, and I saw that how important it is to be practical and get in there with people so they could rewire their brain and make a positive difference in their lives. And so I've worked in middle school, private school, kids with learning differences, adults of all ages, you know, I've been able to see adults. I'll call them retirement age adults, whatever that may seem to people and to you, um, but I've heard so many stories, right? Stories of being proud of what they've created in their families. And I've heard stories of regret and sadness and just, you know, I wish I should have. Why didn't I? And as I was working with people and more and more people in the, kind of the prime, as we call it, of life, you know, raising children really in their career, doing their best to live life, Suck the marrow from the bones of life, as Thoreau says, right? (laughs) So I saw that the work I was doing as far as memory and attention and reading and processing and getting their lives back was powerful. But then I started seeing we needed them to have their relationships back and their emotional connection with themselves back right? Because their worlds had been rocked in different ways. And so then I added layers to the work that I did. At this point, I was working here at a local hospital and I started taking away more of the worksheets and the tests and I started doing more like let's really dig in deep and self-evaluating and what is it that you want to create and what are we letting go of that we don't need anymore and I had clients start saying I'm way healthier now than I was before this and you know I I can't believe how much better I feel and I incorporated movement, and exercise, and nature, and sleep, and just a holistic education
0: about the whole entire body. So were you still working under the guise of like a speech and cognitive, you know, a, a therapist? I was. But and, but it was evolving into your own sort of philosophy. Yes, so it
1: started to shift, and even everyone at work was like, look at what you're doing, this is so interesting. And what what is that? And what, do you have essential oils in your office? And what is the, now you have these like inspirational things in these handouts and can I have them too? And I started running support groups and teaching classes and just doing everything I could because I, was, I realized too from my own personal health how important this was.
0: Wow, okay, so at what age and stage were you doing this? In your prime of life? like you're yeah (laughs) yeah yes
1: Yes, i had been you know i was one of those people you know you just had a job out of high school you have a job out of college you're working and you have a job in the summer and then i went to grad school and i had a job before i even got out of grad school right just kept doing these things one right after the other and had some health things I was dealing with, too, some health issues. And finally,
0: um, I moved. So I'm from Georgia. Okay, yeah. yeah you I'm mentioned sure. Peach tree. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's why. So can, can you expand on the health issues? Are you comfortable with that? Yes. So in college at the University of
1: Georgia, I started to have digestive issues and stomach issues. And back then, nobody really knew Anything, right? Because we're like
0: the same exact age. Yes. So this is like you're in the early 90s in college, exactly. Yeah. And so, um and it was pinpointed one what
1: red flag that came out, which this is awful for a person who's in school to be a speech language pathologist. As I was in class, an ENT was teaching. That's an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And he went, "Something's wrong with your voice. That is not right."
0: Whoa. Which like what? he literally said it that way <laughs> in front of the whole class. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, were you just like, yeah, I know. Or were you mortified? Or? I was a little mortified. He started calling me Demi Moore. If
1: people know who oh, that is, but that's and, kind of sexy. <laughs> right. Except <laughs> I wasn't choosing that. Right. Right. And so right. It turned out from that paying attention. I really realized that I had these digestive issues, that were then affecting my vocal cords. Wow. Okay. So how does that work? So if you, I had a hiatal hernia. Now we know I had celiac, a mm-hmm. gluten allergy. Yep. And what happened is if your body is working so hard to digest things, you will produce more acid. But then when you lay down at night, that acid will come up, and this is called gastric reflux, mm-hmm. and it will bathe your vocal cords or vocal folds in that acid, and it starts to affect that muscle, and then you sound more hoarse, may have a sore throat, some people don't. but So you have stomach issues, and then you start to have throat issues and voice issues and Welcome
0: to college. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, what did you do with that information?
1: So, it was a long process, I will be honest, because in the early 90s, people were clueless, right? They'll give you medication. Right. They you still know, do. They still do. Um, they didn't necessarily recommend a lot of diet things. They wanted to take away alcohol, chocolate. Spicy foods, Mexican food, all things that when you're a freshman and sophomore in college are kind of part of your life. (laughs) So eventually, though, I was the girl who had a rice cooker and steamer in the closet. So wait, no pizza
0: either? (laughs) Pizza, alcohol, and chocolate? Right, Oh my God. (laughs) Ridiculous. They weren't (laughs) focused on gluten at all. It was more just uh, irritants or inflammatory foods that they thought they already knew about. Right. They latched on to, we
1: think you have a hiatal hernia. I did all the tests. And um, you have gastric reflux. Okay. So, but that didn't necessarily help. And let's be honest. I don't care how old you are. Are you going to take out all chocolate, All spicy foods, all tomatoes, all
0: alcohol, all those are challenging. Right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, you could probably do one, right? Or like me, you know, it's like a triathlon. Like you never do all three great at the same time. So it's sort of self, it's very defeating.
1: Right. Things we've got to find balancing Mm -hmm. ways to live in reality. Right. right. So, you know, I found a decent balance. I had the rice and veggie cooker in the closet of the sorority house. Oh, God, and that's hilarious. in a refrigerator because this was the early 90s and I was in the South and we were being served chicken and dumplings. Everything and
0: was deep fried.
1: <laughs> fried chicken. So oh. I did stop eating a lot of those things. Felt better. And continued, you know, it's amazing what our bodies can get used to. Um, the technical term or jargon term is habituation, but we can really get used to things. And as a athlete, you know you know this, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, did you did you come to enjoy your new protocol, or was it like this is I'm, I'm constantly struggling to stay on the path that I think will keep me healthy. I, you know, looking back, I don't think about
1: things too hard. Once I find something that works, I sort of just hunker down and continue with it. Because as my husband says, he said, you can make hard choices and just dig in. Um, like, A lot of people cannot do but i also think if you have been in pain and you're uncomfortable many people can do it right like there's there's a deeper reason and that's the funny thing about change right when we're choosing change and don't have to it can be really tough
0: well yeah yes for sure and even going back to your your statement that you can Make big decisions and just do them. And especially if pain's involved, I actually don't necessarily think that's always easy for people. And I'll give you my own example even of I've got like a lower back kind of issue that I will have the rest of my life. And so it causes pain. And I know that the best way to not have pain is to do really awesome core work and to maintain like a, a healthy body kind of mass right because extra weight in that area is going to hurt hurt it but you think like at nine o'clock at night I want to lay down and do core work I know it will make me feel better but I don't always do it right so like this is not I think you have some kind of innate gift or talent like did your ability to just like choose a path and do it have you been like that since you were a little girl I honestly don't know
1: I think that, well, then, you know, my mom said, oh, well, you were never a good sleeper. And now they associate, you know, they can connect. Oh, well, a gluten allergy that I now know after years of doing different things affects sleep. Well, so I've probably had this for a really long time. But as I said, I think we all get used to things, right? So we get used to the back pain or we get used to the knee pain. And because we get used to it and we don't feel it as strongly, then we aren't as compelled to do what makes it better because our body gets habituates.
0: Right. Right. You kind of get used to that sort of low level of discomfort.
1: I think so, I mean, I've experienced it that and that's what I hear from my clients as well. And so I didn't, I mean, now let's be honest, I didn't change everything. And even to this day, I'm a chocolate lover. I love chocolate. Chocolate loves
0: on sale right now at Natural (laughs) Grocers for $1.99. It is, I saw that yesterday. Oh my God, okay.
1: And so, you know, we all have our vices and I think that's really important that we've got to give ourselves some wiggle room. Yes. And that it really was a journey, too. I mean, I left Georgia in my late 20s. And it still was a process that went over years for me to figure out the gluten allergy. And me feeling like I had, you know, it looks like I was pregnant when I wasn't, it felt like I had aliens in my stomach when I know I don't. Um, (laughs) You know, so it's, it's been a journey, and I think sometimes we all get sick of doing the things that we know are best for us, too.
0: Oh, I know. I know. Well, so, you know, you talk about, or I've I've read this about you, that there are times in life when you enter the unknown, and I think you called it the black hole. Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought that might be relevant towards also like sharing sort of the foundation for you is how, what what is that? What is that phenomenon that happens to us? And then how do you navigate yourself out of it in order to grow?
1: Okay, well, I'm hoping I'm not the only person that this resonates with. <laughs> but there were times, so I came to Colorado, I'm super excited. Now, I'm a Georgia girl and I'm not super fit, The way some of the people I met are. So I started hanging out with rock climbers and, you know, I'd learned to rock climb, which I'd always wanted to do. But some of these people were really talented.
0: Well, there's like everyone is world class here in Boulder, apparently, you know, super
1: impressive. And I did meet some of those people and I am one great belayer. So I am a world class belayer, meaning I can hold the rope like no one else. (laughs) But upper body strength is not necessarily my thing. And so I was figuring out the whole gluten allergy and I would be. On at the crag, the, the rock with people, and all of a sudden I would get these knife-type pains in my gut. And I also would, I think there was a combination. It wasn't just me physically eating my peanut butter and jelly tortilla, <laughs> which was not good for me, but it would also be that I would start going into this black hole of pain, but also comparing myself to other people and me not matching up me not being as good right and so I have I think we all do we have the power to bring lightness and joy and positive energy to a situation and the black hole is when we suck energy from the room right we just can take all joy and just it's dark and it's heavy And I started to really sense that I was going into this place and it would happen at different times. And a lot of it had to do with not being good enough and, you know, it didn't help that I didn't feel great. Right. So because it's all connected, right? Our nutrition, our mental health, our physical health. And rock climbing just sort of brought it to this, you know, this head, this tipping point. And even my boyfriend, now husband, um, would be like, I don't know what's going on. But it is awful to like, be around you right now.
0: Oh, my God. So like there was a physical change in the air when your energy would go dark. Yes, Wow. And so everyone around you could feel it. He felt it. I don't think anybody else could because being a good
1: Southern girl, um, I would rise up. Right. It's with our close loved ones where we feel safe enough to let the guard down and the facade down that we then go, I just feel awful right and sometimes it would even happen when he was belaying me and i was on the rock right like he could feel it like oh no you're going into that place wow
0: wow and
1: certainly cleaning up the diet again right i mean like i said this was a journey like clearing it up again and really starting to i started to do some some spiritual more mental health work on myself um, to, and for myself really, cause I was like, well, that's, it isn't fun for him, but it sure is not fun for me yeah. to go there. And I've seen clients go there, right? Even a sweet neighbor that I have who's ill right now is just like, I can't do this. I want to give up. She's been diagnosed with cancer and she's like, I, I can't, I, I just, you know, I could see her going into the dark hole. And for any new parents, my husband then brought it back and was like, the black hole is the first two years (laughs) of your child's (laughs) development, right? The no sleep, the whole deal. He's like, it's like the
0: black hole is back. It's just like a really (laughs) long hovering, lingering. Oh my God. I didn't feel that way. Um,
1: because I'm so used to not sleeping, honestly, but he's a great sleeper. And so for him, he was like, oh, it sucked yeah. him down into the black hole. And it was just heavy. And so that was part of this whole transformation mindset piece, like really looking at our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health and blending them together. And not only did I
0: see the benefit, but So did my clients. Wow, okay. So one of the things you mentioned as part of the spiral is this comparison to others. Mm -hmm. And we know from reading tons of different statistics that something like social media, for instance, generally makes us feel worse than better, but we can't stop ourselves. And And most of it is this comparison game, right? Do you think that that has has gotten worse over time like how can we avoid that part of the puzzle
1: you know I really believe in making more intentional conscious choices right and it's so easy for us to fall into when we get overwhelmed when we get stressed we then make choices to distract ourselves or numb ourselves just check out And social media, really, you know, social media, Netflix, I'm not, not, you know, I like Netflix. But we we can binge watch TV. It's us checking out and going kind of on autopilot. Mm Mm-hmm. And what I see is that we start consciously choosing and even using little things to support us in that. So I am going to go on social media, but I'm going to set a timer and I'm only going to go on there for this long. And I'm really going to have friends and groups that I participate in and follow that are uplifting and supportive. And I'm not going to be following if politics stresses you out and sends you in a downward spiral then stop watching and stop listening, right? Like don't do that because I feel like what we take in on social media, on screens, it is as important as the food that we eat. And is it nourishing or is it not nourishing? Is it draining? Is it stressful? And then there's the piece of checking our mindset. As you said, you know, there are people who have a fear of missing out or they're comparing and, you know, uh, client i talked to this morning is about to go to bali and how fantastic does that sound right now as we look out the window and look at the gray sky and oh my gosh yeah i mean boulder's gorgeous well i just got but. back from costa rica so <laughs> i totally right. get it. i'm still there basically <laughs> your heart part of you is there totally. um and so looking at one thing that really struck me this morning as this client and i were talking was openness and curiosity and when we catch ourselves comparing to start asking more questions about what that's about instead of going
0: into a a mindset of scarcity and lack. Yeah. So there's a couple things here. Number one, as you said, when we catch ourselves doing that, like, I don't think a lot of people are able to catch it. Like you just get caught up and then maybe the phone rings. So that's what stops you. You know, like how do we catch ourselves when we enter these negative thought cycles? Okay. Yes. What a good question and point. (laughs) Ah.
1: So yes, because we can just, that can, as you said, a spiral, right? We can downward spiral into that not so fun place of the dark hole. And so then I really do think setting a timer for those things, because it will kind of jog us and get our attention. Like I'm going to go on here for 15 minutes. So that way, at least we have something that catches us if we've been on there and we start that. So I like to have really practical strategies that we could do right now because everyone has a timer on their phone. But another thing is I believe in checking in right? Checking in is so important. And what, so what does that mean? Checking, checking in? in means that we take a pause and we breathe. So if that's, you know, I mean, especially with social media, we can just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, right? And it's so smart that it gives us more things that we want to see, or so it thinks. And so, but checking in, you know, one, the timer forces, it's a forced check in, at least it's a pause but also during any little transition, if we can start training ourselves to take a breath, does this feel good? Does this feel bad?
0: exactly this feels really good right now (laughs) i love sitting here talking to you right so we well and
1: (laughs) and nicole's looking at me wearing a shirt that says remember to breathe right yes
0: (laughs) oh my god i'm totally breathing i was holding my breath and like holding my gut now i'm breathing and letting it all hang out
1: right because we do i think we forget and the People always say to me, oh, thanks for the reminder. I was holding my breath. Whether it's that we're so focused on something that's healthy or unhealthy, or we're trying really hard and the tongue sticking partway out of the mouth as we see with kids, right? We stop breathing. And so that we make sure, like, get in a comfortable position. Make sure that your neck isn't totally crouched down and you're hunched over the the phone or the laptop or you know, that we're not sitting in a totally uncomfortable position watching TV, and then we binge watch a TV show, and there we are, and, you know, we can't feel our legs because we've been right. doing blockage. Right? But any natural transition, we go to the bathroom, take a breath, and check in. Does this feel good? Does this feel bad? Right? And not just physically, there's a great TED Talk on emotional pain and It actually added a layer to the work that I do because I would always ask for people to tell me their physical pain on a scale of one to 10, right? That one to 10 scale, which actually doesn't work for me. I have to go on annoyance and not pain Oh, because I have a pretty high pain threshold. So, you know, is this annoying? Does it feel good to my body? Does it feel good emotionally? No, really looking at
0: ourselves. Create your own one to 10 to help really get to the bottom of things.
1: Yeah. And if it's not a one to 10, if that feels too overwhelming, because for some people it is one to five. Good point. And it's
0: not totally accurate. Like you said, you know, some people need those different words to help them understand that they're, they might be actually having a problem. They're like, well, no, it doesn't hurt. It's just uncomfortable. Okay. Well, that's part of the scale. You're not thinking about it that way. Being uncomfortable, being slightly agitated.
1: You know, we've all had those moments where we just don't feel really comfortable in our skin.
0: You know what? I think every single person listening to this podcast has gone through times in their life and many people right now are uncomfortable in their skin and they're tying it to maybe their physical self. But what I'm hearing from you is that it starts... Um, much deeper than the physical. This has been a
1: lesson that
0: has come to
1: me even more recently in a stronger way because I had an injury and I, you know, as we mentioned, I am, I am a healing perfectionist, a recovering perfectionist, and a bit of a people pleaser. So if a physical therapist says, do these 10 things, I'll make my little check boxes and I'll do those 10 things. Um, Lately, I've been a little more of a rebel on that stuff, but (laughs) I'm breaking out. (laughs) But what I've realized is you can do all the right things. But if we aren't checking in on ourselves emotionally and spiritually on a deeper level, it really won't, it won't cut it. It just will only get you so far and is 75, 80% is that far enough to me. I believe people deserve more. I believe that you and I I deserve more and we are our most valuable investment. So that's why I say checking in on all levels because we deserve
0: that. So when you're working with a client, how do they implement like the check-in process? So one, I mean,
1: I'm a fan. If I need to timers, alarms, there are great apps on the phone, mindfulness apps that we can use such as insight timer and the awareness app. And, I do not get any kickback from mentioning those. They're just ones that um I've found that clients like and they're they're really affordable or free. And so we can use those things to just, you know, get us to check in. And then there are the habits. I have this great client. He's a cowboy. And so every time he gets on his horse, I ask him, breathe. Every time you get on the horse, mm-hmm. right? This is when we're we're Implementing the power of the pause is what I call it. Mm, I love and that. So, before you put the key in the ignition, take a breath. Before you eat your food, before you take just one bite, just one breath. So, maybe you could actually taste your food instead of all of us going, I got to fuel up, let's go eat, 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 hurry, hurry, yes. hurry, and then move on, right? When we hug someone, Take a breath, like receive that connection with that person, right? So there are these places where we can start to incorporate that. And I have techniques that even incorporate visual reminders as well, not just auditory phone reminders, ways that we can put that in place, whether it's checklists or stickers or signs or just different things that resonate with each client, you know, and then ritual I think having some simple ritual that speaks to us in the morning is really important. And, you know, I take three deep breaths before I get out of bed and kind of think about, well, how do I want to feel today? Right? What's my one focus? If it's just that, oh, Melissa, you've been on a bit of a sugar binge lately. And I tell you, (laughs) since the holidays, that's been hard. Um, And so it's like, okay, today, you know what? I am going to... Eat a little healthier, and this is something that I tell clients all the time, and I remind myself too. A little bit better is important. It a little matters. bit better is better. It's better. Yes, right. Like we we want to move towards. Don't we? Don't need to judge the size of our steps forward all the time.
0: Yeah, because it can be demoralizing if you don't feel like you're getting to where you think you need to be quickly enough. And that brings the comparison part back. It does. And then it makes you give up. It does.
1: We feel lonely, stuck. You know, it's like we've been thrown into a pit of quicksand. And so, or, you know, to quote Princess Bride, the pit of despair. No. (laughs) Right. No. Sometimes we're like, we're in the pit of despair. We've got to get out. And, but that takes a little positive movement and not underestimating the power of even just a little thought shift or the power of a little laughter. I don't care if it's a cat video on YouTube, right? Like right. if that works, great. Make your list of what makes you feel a
0: little bit better. That's a great point. You know, I I kind of think we should, we've been talking a lot about habits. So mm-hmm. I actually thought of you for this episode because I've been wanting to get someone on who can speak to habit I feel like our lives basically revolve around these habits we've created for ourselves and some are really great and some are not so great and it's the time of year when people have been setting intentions or goals we just did a thing in in the skirt sports women who move group about like let's come up with some new goals to help us move forward this year and and I'm not an expert And so I wanted someone else to maybe help with, okay, maybe you think you have something you want to accomplish, but how do you get there? If you don't change anything, you won't get there necessarily. So that's why I thought of you when I first met you in the store on your third or fourth visit. Um, And then I'm realizing there's so much more you know, for us to talk about. But I do feel like we've already been hitting on this idea of habit. And the thing that really came, a, came to me while we were talking was a lot of times we're creating habits and we don't realize we're creating them, maybe most of the time. So like all of a sudden you look back and you're like, I've been not only binge watching Netflix every night, but also scrolling through social media at the same time, like two habits bad habits I don't want to have and they just crept up on me so I don't know maybe we could even start start there as we shift the conversation like how do you stop a habit before you get going into a habit you don't want to have
1: so what first I think as we were talking about those check-ins and awareness right awareness of what we are doing is so important and and why we're doing it Right, and that takes us back to oftentimes if we're overloaded, feeling burned out, stressed out, you know, towards the end of the day, as we're really just wanting to reach for a bowl of cereal for dinner instead of like making a whole healthy meal. And then there is Netflix or, you know, whether it's This Is Us or Grey's Anatomy or whatever (laughs) thing that you choose to watch, right? Or football, you know, people are watching those things and it's a great way to check out. And if we're doing those check-ins, if we're really seeing, you know, what, what do I want to happen? What do I want to create tonight? You know, it might be, oh, you know, I would like to watch an hour of that, right? That's where a timer can come in again or many of the smart TVs are on your computer. You can set it just to be on for an hour. I mean, now, I mean, let's be honest, the nice thing about Netflix or Amazon Prime is we don't have to deal with commercials, right? But the good thing about commercials is it gave you a break, there was a transition where you kind of came up for air, whether you went and got something to drink or to the bathroom or something to eat. At least there was a break there, but there isn't when we're streaming those. And so noticing, I think what we really want to look at is how do we want to feel and what do we want to create? And when we're looking at habit change, a lot of that, you know, people will, I do a a goal setting workshop and people will come up with these goals that just don't fit. They don't fit and they feel like they should, and they have to make these specific goals because that's what they've been told by culture and doctors or friends. And then the comparing comes back in and really When we're making true habit change, we want to find meaning. How, what does this mean for me? How am I going to benefit? You know, will this benefit my family? Will this benefit me? How is it going to feel? You know, I had one woman who said, well, the doctor said I needed to start exercising 30 to 60 minutes a day. She's like, I'm in so much pain. I can't. So she stopped, right? So she's watching TV and now we're talking. And I said, how about we walk to the mailbox? She said, well, wait a minute. I could walk to the mailbox. I said, well, why don't we start there? Let's walk to the mailbox. Let's do that for a week. She's like, done. Why didn't he say something like that? I'm like, It's not his job, necessarily. He only gets so much time with you. And research shows that 30 to 60 minutes of exercise and activity is important. You know, I don't want to defend him. But on the other hand, we often don't break things down to our level. You know, we're still comparing. And we've got this pie-in-the-sky idea of what we should do. And let's start where we are. And take our baby steps. And as we take baby steps, we'll start making leaps in our own way too. But so I really feel like finding the meaning, becoming more aware of what we need, that fuels these habits. And oftentimes we choose way too many as
0: well. So pick one. Yes, definitely. And I mean, many people listening here are, are go-getters and we we're listening because we want to make our lives the best they can be. And that usually in our mind means doing the most we can possibly do with this life at any given moment, you know, <laughs> right. And that's overwhelming and impossible,
1: you know, and I know, well, you're an endurance athlete and I am not, but I did make a goal when I moved to Colorado. I wanted to run a marathon. I'd always wanted to run one. And with some of my health issues, as far as nutrition and absorption, that kind of stuff is is challenging for me. But I did choose to run a marathon. And what's so nice about a concrete goal like that? Not that I think everybody's running their own little marathon in a different way, but with this, when you do something like that, it is broken down into structure. There's a system. There are supportive steps. I had a team that I did it with because I um, I raised money for diabetes. My dad's a diabetic, and so that's a cause that I'm pretty passionate about. And you know, but I don't think I would have been able to do that if I hadn't had support, accountability, guidance, and those steps, right? Like achievable steps. This week, I'm going to do this. And it was broken down into these little achievable bite-sized bits, right? That I was like, okay, I can do that. One of the biggest challenges I think people encounter is when they time
0: travel too far in the future and it just shuts them down. Okay, I can totally relate to that even marathons. I mean, you at the starting line, you're you can't be thinking about 26.2. You have to be thinking about like Mile one, two, and three, (laughs) you know, or like you, it's too far, right? It's too
1: far. It's one step at a time. And sometimes, you know, I, people will go, Well, I'm going to think about the whole month. And I do like planning ahead, but sometimes we need to just go hour by
0: hour. It's sort of like AA, too. It's that one day at a time kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to know what you're going for. I mean, maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe you're at a point in your life where you're okay just being in the moment and not really thinking about the future, but I don't think that's realistic. I mean, we have kids. They, we need to save money for them to continue educating themselves throughout their lives. Like, there's things that have to happen or we'd like to make happen. So you know that there's a future ahead. So it, it, I don't know what I'm getting at. I think, I'll be honest, I think the topic I just brought up about being there and being in the moment and this idea of checking in and like taking a breath is really challenging for people because we are constantly besieged by what we think we want to do or what other people have suggested we should be doing and how we get there. So how do you be in the moment when you know that, yeah, your life could end any moment, but it probably won't. So you know there's more to be done. So,
1: you know, I have been studying mindfulness now for several years because I think this is a key element for all of us, right? And I'll be honest, it's
0: practice. What is mindfulness? Like we hear Uh, it and we're like, mindfulness, that sounds great. I would love to be mindful. Right. What,
1: what is it? And you stand in the grocery line and now all of the magazines. They're say, all mindful.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just read it and you're like, I don't, still don't get it though. What is it? So
1: truly the definition of mindfulness, and I'll just throw mine out there, is being present moment to moment without judgment or criticism.
0: Oh, that last part is the key, huh?
1: It is. It's the kicker. Yeah. And so let's look at that again, being present moment to moment without judgment or criticism. And we're human. So we have so many thoughts swirling around in our head. And so it doesn't mean that you don't judge or that you don't criticize or that the comparisons don't pop in. It means that we're more aware and we start to catch them. And the more that we catch them, then we see, we can let them go. But I think, so we kind of say, name it and claim it. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase before. But so if we name an emotion, like I am really, excuse me, but I am just pissed off right now. Right? Which is very hard for me to do because my little people pleaser self does not, like that isn't acceptable on some level. Um I'm realizing how not true that is. But if we don't name that anger or agitation or the joy or the sadness, then what it does is it actually sits in our body waiting to be processed and acknowledged. But when we name it, we acknowledge it, we label it, we identify it, what they found in functional MRIs, this is so interesting, is it actually then decreases the power of it in our brain. Right. So an MRI lights up and the it decreases how lit up the brain is. I love this. And so being, you know, mindful means really being more aware and really paying attention to yourself. I think we're all, especially with all the great technology we have out there, it just keeps pulling our attention outward. And we don't want to pull the attention so much inward, that we're stuck in our stories and we're replaying, oh, I shouldn't have said that and I shouldn't have done that. But that's just like, how do I want to feel right now? I'm bringing it back. How do I want to feel? What do I want to do? And we start to let go of some of the obligations and expectations that are old. So we can actually carry the ones that are real and appropriate and practical for right now.
0: I love this. I love the name it and claim it and, and get like, think about all the times that you haven't named it and claimed it, particularly when it might involve another person because it's too hard to have that conversation. And so it just sits in you and then it becomes toxic and you feel like it's right there and that other person should know what you're feeling. But of course they never do. They don't. They might feel a little something like a little black hole change. (laughs) But um, the minute you have that conversation, it releases it.
1: It does. It's the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up because we really do see that and I'll be honest, I'm a big breather right so when I get upset my daughter and I just did a mother-daughter workshop together run by a wonderful woman in town and the whole point was for us to just communicate and connect on a deeper level and one of the things one of the questions is what do each of you do when you get angry but answer for the other person oh wow
0: was this eye-opening
1: so for both of you right so my daughter says
0: well you do that breathing thing
1: oh (laughs) (laughs) that is so awesome (laughs) the breathing thing so you take these deep breaths and then you have this tone that's so calm that i know things aren't good Right. And it takes me back to my childhood because my dad would have this super calm voice too. And I knew that I was in really big trouble when that happened. And when she was little, she would say, I know you're not screaming out loud, but you are screaming on the inside. She told you that when she was little? Yes. (gasps) I'd be like, but I'm not screaming. And so, right, I'm going into the tone. <laughs> oh my god. She like, "No, you're screaming on the inside." And I had to check in. Right? And I was like, "You know what?
0: <laughs> I am screaming on the inside." So, are you better off actually just screaming?
1: You know, no, because she has she's empathic, has extra whiskers and a very sensitive soul. So if I scream, it just sends things into a tailspin. But I do acknowledge you are right. I am really frustrated. I am very angry. I'm going to go take care of these feelings for myself. And then we can talk about this because I'm not bringing anything good in here. Even though it looks like I am because I'm being really calm and I'm breathing. And I've taught her, like, you go stomp, you go scream, you go punch pillows, you do whatever you need to do to unleash. But we don't necessarily need to unleash on other people. It's not kind and respectful. And then we always end up with regret and feel bad and then apologize a ton. And I feel like women especially apologize way too much, but that's a different topic. So, you know, it's it's being honest and it's bringing the elephant that's sitting there in the room and really saying, like, here's what I'm feeling right now. Or I'd love if people have heard of Brene A. Brown, I'm sure they have. Um, she's a very famous researcher on emotion and vulnerability. And she says, you know, the story I'm telling myself right now. So if you have a hard time communicating what you're feeling, it's a great carrier phrase to say the story I'm telling myself right now is you expected me to do this and I didn't, you know, do it and you're angry with me. Is is that true? Right to give yourself a little bit of, you know, this is what I'm thinking is going on right now. Is that accurate? Because we can create some amazing stories. Both good and bad. Right? We have
0: the power to turn that negative into a story that can benefit us. Right. We talk about it in our house, flipping the switch. Flip the switch. Okay, this is funny. So my daughter's eight, your daughter's 10. Um, I think we're entering mom blame land. Okay, so Tim wasn't around this morning before school. And... Like, we woke up great. She's doing projects and I'm helping get breakfast and all that. And then it kind of it started to turn. A black hole began in her. And it became, you need to find Waldo with me. You know, so then, so I was like, okay, I will take a break on doing this and I'll, I'll help you find Waldo. And then she wasn't finding Waldo. And then it became a whole thing. And like, it started to become, I couldn't do anything right Okay, so then she's she wanted to wear a fancy outfit. This is such a ridiculous story. But I think it's like practical, right? This happens to all of us, whether it's our kids or other people. She wanted to wear a fancy outfit. It's 19 degrees. I needed her to wear snow pants because you can't wear a dress with no leggings and 19 degrees. And I mean, it was a whole thing, right? So then she puts on the snow pants. She's off. It feel weird. She was like mad at me. Or so I thought, right? To the point where I couldn't make one, any kind of suggestion would send her off. And so finally I raised my voice and go, I don't know what you want me to do. And I looked up at her and she got the tiniest smile on her face and then she, she walked away. It's like she wanted that so bad. She wanted me to stop being calm mom with all these different things. She wanted me to acknowledge that she was frustrated. She wanted to blame it on me, even though it's not my fault. But that's the stage we're in. So I want to stop this kind of pattern from becoming a habit with me and her. Like, how, how would you handle that? Did you have to handle that situation? Did this happen to you too? Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Is it still happening? I, I was trying not to <laughs> laugh while you were
1: talking because oh one, God. it's not funny when you're in it. Um, no. But it's funny when you're like, Oh yes, I have been there. <laughs> um, so any moms and dads truly, I mean, you know, this could happen to them too. Yep. And my husband, he, he, You know, he's funny. He comes up with these different things. He's like, Is she possessed? Like, what's going (laughs) on right now? And they're like, Well, it's kind of like a possession in a A way. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And it does. We do end up, we're the safe place again. So we end up being the blame. And once again, I think it's going, Hey, let's stop for a second. What's really going on here? Right? What is happening? are you really frustrated? Do you need me to be really frustrated so you're not alone?
0: Oh, yes. That was it, wasn't it? The little smile in the runaway. Really? She's like, good, Ma- now you're down here with
1: me. <laughs> Black hole <laughs> sucker. <laughs> right? But they don't know it. And so us using more words and letting them know, not too many words because then they totally shut down, right? And when we try to fix it, sometimes it... It makes everything worse and coming from a fixer. I love to make things better and fix them. (laughs) I'm learning this about myself. Some people don't want that. Some people really need you to just be there with them. And I I realized I'm really good at being there with some of my, my friends or my clients, but sometimes with my family, I just so want to make it better for them. Like, no, they deserve the space to just be there with them, right? To be like, yes. you know what? This does stink. Or I have no idea where that is either. And are you really upset about that? you like, I feel that, are you lonely? And you wanted to take them to school today or is there something special going on at school and kids were dressing up and you don't feel like, you, you know, like what is it? And let them talk about their emotions. And what I found is my daughter then loves like, has this ever happened to you, mom?
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You
1: know? And I'm like, yes. Have I ever had friends stop talking to me for absolutely no reason that I could tell? Yes. Right. And what, and she's like, well, how did you feel? And so we once again, and I think we mentioned this a little bit, like the openness and the curiosity instead of the judgment and taking things personally. That's a good point. That's one of those flipping the switches, right? When we can make a conscious choice to go, Oh, wait a minute, you feel so crappy that you want mom to be there with you. And mom being calm and positive is actually putting her on a different plane, not right there with you connecting with how you're feeling right oh, now.
0: I love that. Wow. You know, I actually think this whole, you know, our our kids are, their brains are, you know, they're really forming magically like every day and ours still are too, of course. In fact, I want to talk about traumatic brain injuries in a second here. I don't want to forget. Um, but, uh, but I, I think it took me until I was, it might also be some maturity in my twenties, maybe even my early thirties to stop blaming others sometimes, you know, it's like, it, it was a slow departure out of that to finally own and claim what is happening to me in my life. Right. Taking responsibility. Yeah. I think it's just it takes time. Like when you're kids, that's of course you're going to try not to want to own anything that's bad. But, you know, as you get older, like you got to start owning it sometime. You can't be blaming everybody for whatever, being late, you know, burning the food, you know, whatever.
1: It's tempting, though. I know it is.
0: It's really, it is, <laughs> it is tempting. But to be honest.
1: Sometimes well, you really do want to blame your spouse. Like, well, if you had told me this, then I would have done this and... But it doesn't, we don't benefit from it and nobody
0: feels good. Yes. Oh my gosh. So we, you know, we've been talking a lot about how you're helping people rewire, you know, their brains, retrain their brains, but, and, you know, develop new mindset and create new habits, all of this good stuff. And earlier you mentioned you were in an accident. And so the way I was thinking about this was what happens when the teacher becomes the student? you know you had you sustained an injury uh, that you can maybe share a little bit that had to do you know had some ramifications on your brain so now all of a sudden you've got to take your own advice right you've got to learn to to get through that i don't know maybe you could share what happened to you and your path forward on the other side
1: yes so a year ago this month actually um i there was a lot going on for my family. So I was, I was carrying even more and I know moms feel like they do a lot, but then again, so do dads. So does everyone in reality, but you know, I was doing, taking more of the load because of a necessity and knew it would pass. And But my body, it was too much for my body, essentially. And I thought I was doing such a great thing. And I was going to go out for myself and meet some new ladies. And I actually went to this new book club
0: one night. Like first time there? First time there. Okay, wait, can we pause? Yes. I don't know how much you are... You know, able to share, but like when you say you were taking on the load, was this just like emotional things were happening in your family or was there loss or what was going on so that people can relate to what you're saying?
1: Well, I think in in people who, whether this is happening to you, where you are in your life or your parents, people are encountering more health scares. Right. And so we had my husband had a health scare. And so in that there was, you know, when we're when that pops up, there's testing and different things that people do. And and luckily he's doing great. And we didn't have some of the major issues as far as, yes, you have heart disease or. But it it was a huge health scare for our family. And with having a sensitive daughter, too, who really feels things deeply. There was a lot of emotion and just a lot of logistical things. And so it was like, okay, well I'm going to cook more and I'm going to do this and I'm going to drive more and, you know, just taking on those things. And so I think what happened is I went to this new book club with these ladies and I kind of knew one, she was a neighbor, um, but didn't know the other women. And I think My body knew I didn't have to carry anything, right? They had a couple of hours that were for me. But in the end, within the first 30 minutes, I'm laughing with these ladies. And the next thing I know, I wake up on the floor.
0: So you you passed out. I passed out. Like you went from fully functioning human to completely passed out. Totally
1: freaked these sweet ladies out, right? They're sitting there, do you have a seizure disorder? You know, I remember I was laughing and talking at their nice, beautiful island and then woke up with blood in my mouth and on the floor, not able to get up with this, she's just lovely, this beautiful woman like going, do you have a seizure disorder? What's going on right now? Oh my right? gosh. Um, you know, and I i didn't even you know talk? I passed out. Right. Well, the benefit of all the work that I've done my whole entire life. Speech therapy <laughs> to the rescue. <laughs> right. I'm extremely articulate. And so um, even in that moment, I was extremely articulate. And so, you know, I talked to them and they said, "Well, you sound perfectly fine, but the thing is, I couldn't get up. I had such horrible, horrible vertigo
0: that I literally had to just lay there. I could and not. Were you get like up. bleeding all over their floor and lay? And they were, pro- they probably were freaking out.
1: They were freaking out. Um, and so, of course, because of my nature, I went into super duper calm mode. Uh. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> were you like?"
0: Breathe. Calm. Right? Totally. Oh my God. But this is a
1: practice. Like, the reason I can go there is because I have been practicing for years, right? I mean, this has been, and still it's a conscious practice. I mean, it's turned into a habit too. But when, excuse me, when shit hits the fan, Right, are we go into a default mode, and then we have to go. Oh, right! Remember what helps you. Like, bring it back down. Take a breath. Check in. Are we okay? Right? Like, what's going on here? So I did my little assessment of what was happening. Reassured her. I did not have a seizure disorder. And what had happened is I had hit a metal metal part of a bar stool. So I'd hit my the front of my mouth, and so it that was what was bleeding. My head. Then, unfortunately, hit the beautiful hardwood floor um, in a very hard way, and so that was what was causing the the vertigo. I mean, the skull is is there to protect our brain, but it's actually not a supportive, ushy gushy, warm, fuzzy friend to our brain. It's not meant for them to meet. <laughs> And when you have a a brain trauma or brain injury, then the brain experiences kind of a shearing or a bruising. And so I then laid there for about two hours um, until I could get myself sitting up without feeling like the vertigo was going to cause me to pass out again. Um, And in my own way, I did what I do. And I just had the girls eat and
0: So they just did book club and they're like, (laughs) well, our new
1: guest is laying on the floor and like wobbling around, you know, and that, that bothered them. I could tell, but really I needed to lay there. So they really wanted to call an ambulance to get me into an ambulance. And it may have looked like I was trying to make life easier on them, but really I needed to get my bearings. And I just knew I just couldn't handle being put in a car or a stretcher or moved. So I just said, give me pillows. You know, I'm going to work on propping myself up. You all haven't eaten. I pre-ate because with celiac, I pre eat sometimes just taking care of myself. You eat, we can chat about the book. So, and we did. So we chatted about the book.
0: Wait, while you were laying on the floor?
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: And I'm bless so, these women. I they totally this. let me dictate oh this.
1: They were so kind, not oh knowing God. me. And I'm sure they I mean, I haven't seen most of them again. And I'm sure they were thinking that that woman was super special and crazy.
0: Um oh but God. they were
1: very sweet and compassionate and they did end up driving me to the emergency room once I could tolerate handling, you know, the idea of getting in a car was just, I could like, it makes me nauseous now even thinking about it. So we got in, you know, they dropped me off and my husband met us there. And it's a little tricky because I have worked in the neurotrauma field for a really long time. And so, you know, I, I just advocated for what I needed and what they needed to do in the emergency room
0: as well. (laughs) So you ended up, you'd had a, a, a concussion yes yeah
1: like a severe concussion so it was you know I did lose consciousness and but because I looked you know they were like well cognitively you're fantastic and you look good you know of course I looked in the mirror and I'm like well my left eye is not happy Uh -uh. and I feel horrible right now (laughs) but you know I can look good but I think that's the You know, we just don't know what anybody is dealing with. And we've heard this before, right? Like everyone has a story that we don't know about. And people can look perfectly fine and normal, but they may have something that's going on with them, whether it's emotional or physical, whether it's an injury, a disease, or they're grieving. I mean, as we get older, as I had said at the beginning of this, whether it's our our loved one, a parent, or ourselves, our health changes and we encounter things. Sometimes they're unexpected, and yeah, throw us to sure. the ground without any warning.
0: <laughs> wow. Yes. So were you able to give yourself the compassion and, and grace that you would give other people when you're going through your healing process? I'll be honest, at first I was not a
1: fantastic patient. And who was treating you? <laughs> you? Your <laughs> family? Your- you no. Know, um, really, because of my knowledge, I I was really doing a lot. I mean, I did go to the doctor, as I was supposed to, because I'm going to check the box. Um, and they said, I don't know if anybody knows more than you do, right? Um but that's not true. Of course, people do. I mean, there's always someone who's faster, knows more, right? It's just how it is. I went to the neurologist. I eventually did. I really had to advocate, but I got myself physical therapy. Thank goodness. And that helped so much. But it took a while for me to get that. Um, but knowing the recovery protocol, I really knew to push for that. So there were two things going on. One, I was still being mom. yes. So, you know, I got up, I made breakfast the next morning, right? I'm still doing things. I'm like, what am I doing right now? Right? Like that is go back to bed. But the vertigo was so bad, I couldn't lay down. So that was a tricky thing. So I had to keep sitting up. So it was, I did, it took me a little while to really turn that compassion and patience with everything towards myself. Um, luckily I did have some of these practices in place where I knew it wasn't permanent, right? That I could say, okay, this is going to pass. I'm okay. Right. This, I'm going to get the help, right? I can trust and I can breathe into this, um, or I would have lost it. And so I was really thankful once again, and it just supported like these practices that I'd like to share with people and teach people, they really are important. Like they are keeping me sane right now because having a sensitive daughter, having a husband who is in a healing space, right? There was, I was still thinking of how am I balancing all of this, um, And not freaking everybody out because I could have created all sorts of stories. So I'll never be the same. I've seen people after brain injuries, right? And I was like, no, I'm just going to take the next hour. Here we go, right? Because really the whole world's spinning. So I can't get off.
0: literally. Literally,
1: right? Like, yes, the world's spinning, but now it's doing its extra job. And I feel like I'm on a boat ready to vomit at any time, right? So it's like... I just gotta take l- literally one step at a time. Yes, Feel my feet and look around and keep myself safe. And so it was, um, it's just reinforced what I love to do, but it's made me even more passionate and it's also really encouraged me to go
0: inward and take that time for myself you know big lessons big uh you know walk in the talk kind of stuff i
1: really encourage people though like don't don't get thrown to the ground before you make a change for yourself because you really are worth it right Yeah. yeah we don't all need to be right so i mean i once had a therapist that i knew that i worked with that she would say you know first you get like a little tap on the shoulder and then the universe gives you kind of a nudge. And then you may get, you know, a little shove. And then, you know, that you're getting talked to, you're getting messages. But oftentimes we get too busy and we just don't listen. And so if we're aware, we can start listening more. And it's not just listening for everybody else's benefit, it's listening for
0: ourselves, right? treating ourselves with kindness and compassion. Absolutely. Okay. So you mentioned these practices. I believe there may be an acronym going on somewhere (laughs) for one of your favorite (laughs) words. Maybe we should sort of wrap up the conversation sharing this, you know, this philosophy you've created.
1: Yes. So as I was teaching people and, and doing classes, I thought, okay, what is, what are the foundations to support people as far as health is concerned? And you'll see, you know, well, you won't see, but you could see, I created these t-shirts and hoodies that say, Remember to Breathe. And I started with magnets in one of my talks. And so the acronym is BREATHE. And BREATHE stands for what I think are some of the most important foundational things we can do for our health. And they include budget your time and energy, because really, they're pretty valuable. Rest and sleep, seven, at least seven hours a day, if we can get that in. Eating every three to four hours, making sure we're nourishing ourselves. Attending to one thing at a time which is a kicker for a lot of us. Oh yeah, that one's brutal. Mm -hmm. Treating yourself with respect and love. Hydrating yourselves. Cheers. And exercise your body and your brain. And when things really just, we feel stuck, we don't know what to do. I go back to breathe. Breathe. And pick one of those things to support myself in feeling better. And I have clients from mechanics and nurses and different people. They put the magnets up and they're like, that's right. When I don't know what else to do, I go back to these basics of breathe.
0: All right. I love it. We got some practical tips here. I'm going to get these magnets out to everybody. Actually, you know, people need to find you. Okay, they need to find you now after listening to you. Are they going to go to your website?
1: So you can go to my website, melissawallach.com, or um, I do my best. I'm working on major consistency. This isn't a habit for me quite yet. But Instagram is where I post a lot more often. Um, and it's my name. As far it's as awesome. The handle. And so providing some support and just real information, you know, and sometimes it's a little fluffier because sometimes we need fluffy and unicorns and rainbows. And sometimes it's a little more deep, but always supporting people and consciously
0: living and creating your life with intention. I absolutely love this. Okay. One little thing just came to me that I feel like if I don't ask, I'll be pissed that I didn't ask you this. Do you buy into that whole philosophy that you, you need to spend X number of days in order for a habit to actually become a habit. I think it's like 90 days or 180 days. You have to do something for that amount of time until it actually takes hold. Like, do you buy into that philosophy? So
1: it really, you know, as far as habit change is concerned to go into the nuts and bolts of that, I really believe that frequency and consistency are most important so if you're only doing something once a week for 90 days, let me tell you, like you're going to go on a trip and whoop, there goes that habit. See ya. Right? <laughs> So I really believe that it has more to do with even if it's two minutes a day instead of the 30 minutes a day that you exercise or that you read a book or that you journaled and you do your best every day, If you miss, you get right back on. Um, You know, there is, people do say the whole three months is kind of a magical place. Uh, But it's truly consistency, frequency, setting up your environment to support yourself. I mean, there's a lot. It's a whole nother podcast on that. But, you know, we can always go into that deeper. That's the work I do with people But I think that certainly if you can get to 90 days, that's great. Um, But for some people, it could be 30 if they do it every day. And I've even created habit trackers for people (gasps) where they can write their habit down and then they can check it off. Because honestly, I don't think I'm the only person who likes to check a checkbox. Oh, no, I love those
0: boxes. (laughs) I mean, you see Wilder's Get Ready for School dry, Dry Erase Board. She checks the box. I love it. We love it. Um, Okay, one last little personal question. Is there a habit in your life that you are so grateful you made happen? There,
1: I probably have a few. But the, my diet and the food is really helpful. I'm a big vegetable eater. I do eat meat, but I eat a lot of vegetables. And when they looked at like my anti-inflammatory, my inflammation markers and things, they were just like, wow, how, even with your absorption issues, like how does it look like this? And I think it fuels me even when other things don't. Um, I'm also, I do really believe in ritual, So I'm, I'd like to get outside if I can every day in whatever way that looks like, I don't I don't get picky. Um, and I do a gratitude journal and I have since the 90s. That's like before it was a thing. You know, I think it's- You're the original. <laughs> I think it started with Oprah way back in the 90s and my best friend from high school gave me my first gratitude journal. And I still have it, right? She wrote me a letter in the front and the whole deal. And thank you, Alice. And so I still do that. And it's morphed into other things, but I still consistently do that. And it
0: just gives perspective, right? Absolutely. Well, I am so grateful that I ran into you at the store. We kind of discovered each other and that you're sitting here today. So awesome. So I'm going to wrap with the final question that I ask every guest, which is if you can leave our listeners with one final piece of advice, one little nugget to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be?
1: Just one. Yeah, just one.
0: <laughs> now, you have, now you've already said them all, but now you need said one. said
1: them all. Which one do I say? So I do, I really encourage people to recognize how valuable they are in their lives and to invest in themselves in any way possible and to really be kind and patient and gentle with yourself as you take whatever steps you can to feel better.
0: Well, you are valuable. And I am valuable, and we're making the world a better place. So thank you so much for coming on the oh, show.
1: Oh, I'm thrilled to be here today on so many levels. And, you know, the last thing would be for everybody to remember
0: to breathe. Okay, wait, hold on. Deep breath in. Your nose. I did a mouth breathe so you could really hear it.
1: There we go. <laughs> right? That's awesome. awesome. Then we get to fully experience the moment. And this has really been a wonderful
0: time today. Thank you. Hey, hey, I'm back. Are you still breathing? I hope you're breathing. Well, you better be breathing, but are you doing the real breathing? Pause, breathe, find that awareness. Be present moment to moment without judgment or criticism. That's what we're talking about today. Thanks to Melissa for coming on the show. She is just one of those amazing bright lights in this world. I'm sure you're going to want more Melissa Wallach. Check out her website, melissawallach.com. Follow her on Instagram. She is totally inspiring. Shoot her a note. Tell her what you got out of this. Um, As she says, name it and claim it. If you can find a way to do that, you are on your way to the life change that you want to make. And at the end of the day, I think what I really love about this is that you don't have to look at change as this massive obstacle that you could never figure out how to do. Break down your goals like you're running a marathon. That I can relate to, and I'm sure you guys can too. All right, everybody, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, I haven't asked for this in a while, but you know what? Reviews always help. They honestly do. If you can take one minute right now, go to your podcast app, figure out how to write a review on iTunes, um, please do it. And hey, I'm always also looking for feedback for new guests, whatever it is. You can grab me on, uh, message me on Instagram or Facebook or go to my website, NicoleDaboom.com, Shoot me a note, shoot me an email, send me your thoughts, send me your requests. (laughs) I'll do my best to get really more awesome people on this show because that's what it's about. It's about making sure that we know we're not alone in this world. All right, everybody, on that note, you know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, and I'll see you next week.